You have put me in my lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? So I've been a pastor for 28 years, and I began to notice a trend in my first couple of years. Nobody books an hour appointment with me so that they can walk into my office, sit in my comfy chairs, and say, Grant, I just want to tell you how amazing my life is. That's not why people come. People come normally to share the low moments of their life and to get spiritual guidance to walk through it. I understand that ministry often happens in those low moments, the cracks, the hard, the hard difficult moments in people's lives. We want to talk about some of those low moments for the next couple of weeks as we head towards Easter because on Good Friday, we actually come to the lowest moment in human history when Jesus breathed his last, not so that we would celebrate death, but so that we could celebrate life and freedom. I have a lot of conversations with, with God. Uh, often they happen right here uh, out of sight, uh, just back in behind those curtains because I'm always talking with God. And lately I've been having conversations with him about how difficult 2016 and the first part of 2017 have been. I just started looking back at the number of funerals that we've done as a church, more in 2016 than we've ever done before. Funerals, family tension, between people as, as they've walked this latest season of, of political disunity that's pushing people in lots of different direction. I find myself mediating and refereeing and, and jumping into the middle of that. And so the, the, there's, this, there's this fear that's kind of settled in on top of, of people. And that's where I have found that I've been doing a lot of ministry and doing a lot of conversations with God. So earlier this week, I was kind of standing back here, lost in my thought, preparing. I was actually coming out to, to try and grab my iPad. I don't use an iPad to look cool. I use it because I can use these enormous fonts, so I don't need to use my old man glasses, which is humiliating. Don't do that. Okay, anyway. And as I was coming out here, I, I had prepared in my mind where we were going for this series, and God asked me a very disconcerting question. The question was, are you sure you want to go there? That's not very comforting when you've already made the decision that that's where you want to go. But we're going to go there. In fact, I answered God's question, do you really want to go there with the words, I, I think we need to? And his response was, okay, then I'll go with you. So as we walk through this together, I'm just going to encourage you to stay with me the whole time. Because the last thing that I want you to do today is to lose hope. Because there's hope in this. Maybe you've experienced this. There are words that sting. You're fired. I'm leaving. We're broke. It's terminal. You're lost. It's over. There are words that sting, but there's also words that soothe. I'm here. Don't worry. We'll get through this. It'll be okay. And my personal favorite, this too shall pass. There are words that soothe. There's also words that sustain. I will never leave you or forsake you. I didn't say that. God did. Amen. I am with you always. And my personal favorite, as of late, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord, mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble. 
A guy named David wrote that, and David was very acquainted with low moments. All of us go through them. In fact, you're going to hear me say this a lot. Low moments in your life are normal and predictable. If you're a human being, you will experience this. For some, it's the loss of a loved one, or it could be an impending divorce, or it could be the loss of a job or a long-term illness. It could be a period of sustained grief that just doesn't seem to ever let up. It could be a season of depression, or, or it could just be one of those momentary setbacks that we just kind of blow through as human beings because we do have a resiliency built into each one of us. Life has a way of bringing us low. I mean, the Bible says at different times that he brings us low. The Bible says that God will bring an entire nation low. And the beautiful part of a low moment is that it just makes the normal moments so much sweeter. Anybody else notice that? A friend of mine who's been in a low season, he wrote these words in an email to me. He goes, living in the pit of despair for a little while just makes you so grateful for level ground. Isn't that true? Before we begin, I just want you to know, I'm going to remind you all the way through this, there's a lot of hope waiting for us because we are going to come on Good Friday to that lowest moment in human history when Jesus breathed his last. I want you to write that Good Friday on your calendar. I don't understand Christians who don't do Good Friday. I don't get it. Because in order to have Easter morning, you got to walk through the pain of Good Friday first. And we're called to remember that. Because I think about this, on Friday, it's all wrapped in pain, and Saturday, it's wrapped in hopelessness, and then Sunday morning, something changes, it breaks loose. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, many of us here today, we're stuck on Friday. Oh, 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 my life's just pain right now. Or maybe we're stuck on Saturday, and we're stuck in the hopelessness of it. I have no idea how you got here today, but maybe you can relate to that. You feel pain, and you feel low. I want you to know one thing. When it comes to breaking that, there's only one source of hope. And his name is Jesus. Over the course of this series, we're going to spend time with people who've experienced unbelievably low moments. We're going to meet David and Joseph and Hannah and an unnamed thief and so many others who, show, who, who share these low moments where God just shows up in a, in a completely different and new way. And this week, we're going to dip our toe into the tension of these low moments. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to know how difficult this is for me because I'm a pastor and I'm a peacekeeper. I just want to make it all better for you. In fact, at the end of the service, if I had my way, I'd stand at the door and hug everybody and go, are you okay? I'd like to tie a nice red bow on the top of this and make it all perfect, but I can't because I just wouldn't be honest. So this week, we're going to explore the tension. Let me tell you why it's a tension. It's because our culture says when you hit a low moment, you need to bounce back. You need to get up, put on your happy face, fake it till you make it, suck it up, keep moving and bounce. I mean, we're just supposed to get back up again. That's what we're supposed to do. And the church has actually done a horrible job of reinforcing that idea. Because every time you have a low moment, what does the church say? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the blessed love of my blessed Redeemer all down in the depths of my heart. Some of you are like, what are you doing? It's a church thing. Forgive us, okay? (laughs) We all got stuck in that, right? I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Yeah. Here's what, here's what the world keeps saying, and we keep reinforcing. You have a low moment, that's the tra- trajectory. But here's what's supposed to happen. You better bounce. 
you better get going in the other direction. And when you get to the top of this peak, boy, you better stick that landing. Because if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Where's your faith? Where's your hope? Where's your God? There's a tension that's there. And the world just keeps saying, don't stop down there. Rebound. Come on, son. Move in the right direction. I'd like to challenge that assertion with what I believe is a biblical approach. After searching the scriptures for the last couple of weeks, I would say that this is not the pattern that God wants us to. In fact, some of you are going to freak out. I believe that God sends this message that when we're on this trajectory, and it's again, normal and predictable. If you're breathing and have a pulse, you're going to experience one of these low moments. But that when we hit this low moment, we're actually supposed to stop here just for a second. And we're supposed to learn what God has for us. And instead of trying to just bounce and move the other direction, here's the freaky thing. When we get into one of these low moments, we're actually supposed to go willfully and intentionally lower. And then, with the strength that is not our own, we're supposed to embrace what God promises. You say, Grant, are you sure that's biblical? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Not your effort, not your be happy attitude. He will lift you up. Some of you are already reacting and responding. Believe me, I understand. I've been working on this for 30 plus years. We have these responses, right? I don't want to stay down there. I want to get out. I got to get out. If I stay down here, Grant, I'm going to die. You feel the tension? Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. I want to share a low moment from my life. I'll never ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. So every single week, I'm going to share a low moment from my life. When I get done telling you about this low moment, some of you are going to go, that's it. Like, that's all you got? I want to remind you, we are just getting started. And next week, I'm going to tell you a story of my unrequited love in seventh grade when a girl named Kathy Cornell rejected me completely, shattered my life, scarred me to the core, even at 50 years old, and we'll come back to that next week. Now I can't go back because I told you I was going to do it. Stick with me. Okay, all right? Some of you are going to go, that's as low as we're going to go. No, we're going to go a whole lot lower, but we're going to ease into it, Okay. When I was in high school, I worked at Brandon University in the food service department. I was a dishwasher. It's a good job, high school kid. My boss's name was Charles Hopkins. Charles helped me get that job. Charles attended Faith Fellowship Baptist Church. He was also a really good friend of my parents. And more than being my boss, Charles was also my friend. He helped me install my first car stereo. We played softball together. He played bass in a little musical group that I sang in, and we were friends. Basically, I looked up to Charles like, a, like, like my big brother. I've been working at the university for a couple of months, and, and one day, uh, Charles stuck his head into the dish pit, that's what we called it, and he said, Grant, can you stop by my office before you go home? And I'll be honest with you, I thought I was going to get an attaboy. That's what I thought. Stuck my head in Charles's office, we walked out into the dining hall, everybody had left, grabbed a glass of chocolate milk because it was free, and Charles sat across from me and said this, as much as I can remember. Grant, this is hard for me to say, but I'm going to say it. You've been treating one of my assistant managers with a lot of disrespect. And just because you're my friend and I know your parents, it does not make that okay. 
You're quickly developing a reputation for being unbelievably arrogant, and that needs to change. You're not above anybody here, and actually, I expect more of you. And if you can't change, I'm going to have to fire you. Is that clear? I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was a little scared that some of this information might wake its way back to my parents. And, and it was a humbling moment. And here's what I can tell you about that low moment in my life. Looking back today, I am so thankful for that moment. I'm so thankful because it wasn't the last in a lifetime of humbling moments when God taught me a hard lesson. If you don't get anything else today, please get this. If you won't humble yourself, God will do it for you. Let me say it again. If you won't humble yourself, God will do it for you. Why? Because he disciplines those that he loves. Maybe you've been there, had a humiliating moment. I, I've laughed after I've shared that story three, uh, you know, this is the third time and the, nobody knows what to do with that. It's kind of like, oh, like, mm. Grant, you need to get your act together. Like, as if you've never been on the end of a conversation like that ever in your life right? Stings. What if the key in those humiliating low moments is not to just bounce back and stick the landing? What if the key is actually in that low moment to go lower and humble ourselves before God and receive the lessons that come from both the pain and the grace that God gives us to be in that particular moment? Here's the first lesson from the school of low. We're going to learn a lot over the next couple of weeks. When you're low, go lower. And I'm going to unpack what that means. You know, because I loved and trusted Charles in that moment, I came back to a precept that I actually learned in Awana years before. Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When a person's a real friend, they're going to be honest with you. And even though the words they say may sting, they love you enough to tell you, the truth. So I didn't do this because I was a holy and righteous young man. I did this because I didn't know what else to do. In that moment, I didn't try to just bounce back. I humbled myself and I went and apologized to Debbie because I knew this. The second Charles started talking, I knew exactly who he was talking about because he was right. I went and apologized to Debbie for an arrogant attitude. When I came back to work that next shift, I worked harder than I had ever worked before because I'd been given the grace of another opportunity. Now, I didn't have to do that if I didn't want to. And you have no idea how I was tempted to go the other way that the world teaches. The world teaches that when somebody says something like that to you, you're supposed to defend and deflect. And you're supposed to say, that's not my fault. It's Debbie's fault because they're all Debbie's. And Debbie's a boss and bosses are idiots. And I'm a victim here. And I'm going to stick it to the man right now. Look at my individuality. <laughs> There's times we all think that way, right? That's not the question. The question is, what can I learn in this low moment about my character, and my heart? What can I learn about my God? David was the king of Israel. He's an interesting case study because he was brought low by his own sinful choices. And yet he clung to God's truth, these precepts that he'd learned. Listen to this, Psalm 119, verse 141. Though I am lowly and despised, that sounds like low to me, doesn't it? I do not forget your precepts. 
So God is saying, David's saying, when I have a low moment, I need to learn, humble myself, go lower, cling to God's track record of faithfulness. Sometimes when we hit this low moment, we just need to stop. Just stop. Learn what needs to be learned based on what God's already said and done. And here's the hard thing. Even though we hit this low moment and we feel like we're drowning, God is saying, don't panic. Now, that's hard to do when you feel like you can't breathe. Just stop. Rest, trust. We're going to come back to that cycle over and over and over again, but we need to keep moving. When you hit a low moment, there are stages that we walk through, and the first one is a very common reaction, and David's going to explain it to us. It's a cry of the human soul. That's what we do. We cry out. We cry out. Listen to David's words. Maybe you'll find comfort knowing you're not the only one who's ever experienced a low moment. Here's the cry, okay? You find them all throughout the Psalms, but listen to some of these. Psalm 130, verse 1, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. Psalm 69, 2, I sink in the miry depths where there's no foothold. I've come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. How about Psalm 69, 14, rescue me from the mire. You know what that is, right? It's extra sticky mud. Rescue me from the mire. Don't let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me from the deep waters. You ever been there? God, I feel like I'm drowning. I'm, I'm drowning in, in, in debt. I'm drowning in medical bills. I'm drowning in sorrow. I'm drowning in grief. I'm drowning in anger. I'm drowning in blame. I'm drowning in shame. Now, the reality is, some of us bring these low moments on ourselves, right? But sometimes it's not the things we do to ourselves. Sometimes it's the things that are done to us that can take us to a low moment. Sometimes it's someone else's evil decision that can take us to this low moment. But God keeps saying the same thing. Go lower. Go lower. I think some of us could actually use permission to cry out a little bit more. I think we could agree we've perfected the art of whining and complaining. That's different than lamenting. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, Lamenting. We're going to talk about the difference between those two as well. So there's a cry, and then David asks a question. Boy, this is a good question. How long? God, how long is this going to last? If it goes three days, I may be able to hold on to hope. If you stretch it out over a week, I'm going to start asking serious questions. If it goes a month or a year or a decade, we're going to have a really, really difficult time reconciling in my mind how you can say you're a God of love while I'm in the middle of a pit. David had some friends in Scripture. They were known as the sons of Korah. So apparently they were like the other, the other part of a trio or a quartet. I'm going to read you a song from your Bible, Psalm 88, and I'm going to warn you on the front end, it's not going to get really happy at the end. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you, turn, my ear to your, your, or turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near the grave. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more and who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You've overwhelmed me with all of your waves. And then there's a beautiful little word there, selah. Whenever you're reading the book of Psalms, don't be afraid of that little word selah. It just means stop, take a breath, and think. 
Just take a breath. Just like Andy had you do earlier in the service. You've taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do those who are dead rise up and praise you? Selah. Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction, or your wonders known in the place of darkness, or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? And from my youth, I've been afflicted and close to death. I've suffered your terrors, and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You've taken away my companions and loved ones for me, and the darkness is my closest friend. Anybody want to sing, I got the joy, 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 joy now? That's heavy stuff. And some of you are like, come on, Grant, stop. Stop. Did you hear the words? Darkness is my closest friend. You know, sometimes the low is so long, you actually become accustomed to it. Your soul kind of adjusts to the dimness like our eyes adjust to a dark room. And we begin to lose hope and we start blaming God. That's what you can hear the sons of Korah saying. I asked for your help. I got nothing. I heard nothing. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to adjust to this low standard of living right down here. And you feel the tension? I need you to feel attention. Did you hear Psalm 88 verse 6? You have put me, he's talking to God, you've put me in the lowest pit in the darkest depth. You know what what question he's asking? Why are you doing this to me? Not only how long, but why are you doing this to me? let, Let me throw something out there. I think it's actually easier when you make your own pit. I think there's something in there about being able to blame yourself that just makes it easier, right? Because that allows us to be able to go, okay, 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 okay. I was late 27 days in a row, so they fired me. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) There's something about it. It's just easier, right? Okay, 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 okay. I got behind the wheel. I shouldn't have. I got pulled over. Now I got a DUI. Okay, I deserve it. Okay, okay, okay. I let my mouth get the best of me. I was a total jerk. And now my wife, she she made an emotional boundary. Okay. I was a jerk. Sometimes it's easier to be able to say, I got myself here. But what do you do when the low seems to hit you out of nowhere? And the only place that seemingly fits to put the blame is to pin it on God. We're going to go there. Do you feel the tension? You know, David has an amazing life because it's full of tension. Some stuff he brought on himself. Some stuff, it happened to him. His own kids tried to kill him. That's not good, right? That's not good. He's a king. He's got more spiritual success in the pit of life than he ever did in the palace. He's called in Scripture a man after God's own heart. But you know what else is on his resume? He's a voyeur. He commits adultery and murder. How do you reconcile those two things? He's got moments of pain where the pain comes from the outside through no action of his own, and he's got to reconcile it and other things he did willfully. You know what he calls it? He calls it muck and mire. 
extra thick mud that's wrapping itself around him. So not only is he in a pit, the floor of the pit is not dry, it's wet. And it's so easy to get stuck there, but David won't let us. David's going to say all, to all of us who've experienced a low moment, you get to learn down here, but you don't get to wallow. Because if you wallow in that mud, you're going to miss the opportunity to go lower and to let God do this lifting. David doesn't tell us to bounce, but he does tell us to dip his soul into the hope and the promise. So let me listen to some words, or let me speak to you some words that David actually said. Now remember, this is the same guy that just said, I'm stuck, I'm low, I'm hurting, I'm broken. Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. Here's what you need to hear. If you walked in here today feeling like your whole world was devoid of hope and completely wrapped in darkness, here's the good news. Jesus is a light. And Jesus can show you the way out. Psalm 71:20. Though you've made me see some troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Psalm 18, 16, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. Here's the good news. If you feel like you are drowning today, Jesus is a lifeguard. Can I get an amen? amen. Jesus is a lifeguard. Psalm 116, 6, the Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Psalm 113, 7, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. David says, in the midst of all of the low, if you're willing to go lower, there's something waiting there, hope and promise. There's even more than that. So for 30 years, I've been waiting to say this. Life's lowest moments bring with them the greatest opportunity to see Jesus as the source of all hope. Let me say it again. Life's lowest moments bring with them the greatest opportunity to see Jesus as the source of all hope. So maybe we don't need to bounce and stick the landing. What if we did something completely unthinkable, completely unnatural, completely supernatural? What if when we were on that low trajectory, which is both normal and predictable, what if we actually stopped in this moment, learned the lesson, embraced the low moment, and then did the unthinkable? What if we went even lower and then we waited on God to lift us to a place where we could stand on top of the mountain one more time. There's hope for everyone in the room who's low. But the hope is not in church. The hope is not even in the people around you. The hope is in Jesus. And I just feel such a burden these days to step away from the pep talks and to just come down to that source of hope. You know, the reality is I have no idea your story today. 
Maybe you're lower than you've ever been. Maybe you're here and you say, that's not my experience, Grant. Today, I'm high. Well, whatever you mean by that word, high, um, <laughs> regardless of how you define it, welcome to Christ the King. We're glad you're here, okay? <laughs> but no matter where you find yourself on the continuum, here's what I know. If you haven't been here before, at some point in your life, you will be. And maybe you're on your way there, or maybe you're on your way back up, but what if we learned a completely different way? What if we redefined what happened in our soul, knowing that low moments are both normal and predictable? As I've been searching scriptures, looking for my Easter theme, I have been struck with this over and over and over again. And I need you to hear this, we're going to expand on it as I wrap up this morning. Here's what I know. Jesus stepped down out of heaven to walk amongst his humanity for a little while. Jesus knelt down in service and washed the feet of the very creation. Jesus stepped down into unbelievable pain. Jesus stepped down into the grave. Jesus stepped into a pit and went toe-to-toe with death for one reason, so that when you hit this moment, you can know he's there. He said he'd meet you there. And that is the greatest source of hope knowing that if God can give me purpose in the low moments, that's a miracle. Easy to have purpose up here. What if God actually had purpose for us here? And what if the purpose was to achieve for all of us a far greater glory that far outweighs all of our light and momentary Would you pray with me as we close this morning? God, we've just dipped our toe. We're just getting started. God, I know this is going to take a certain kind of fortitude to, to press into. But Lord, I pray that we would press into this with the same passion that you pressed towards the cross, knowing that on the other side of the cross was the promise of hope and victory. God, I just feel a stirring in my spirit right now. That, Lord, you're drawing us towards yourself in the midst of the low. So with every eye, every eye closed, every head bowed. I would just love to know whether or not I'm even hearing God right. If, if you would say today that I'm living in a, in a place in my life that just has that feeling of low, That just kind of describes where you're at or maybe where you've been in the past months. Would you just slip your hand up? Just stick your hand up. Say, yep, that's me. Wow. Thank you. God, I pray that you would teach us a different way 
to handle and embrace the low moments of our lives. God, I pray that when we're low, that we'd go lower. Lord, I thank you. You gave us so many examples in Scripture of what that looks like. God, I'm excited to unpack that together. Lord, I know in a room this size with this many people, there have to be some that would say, this is the lowest moment I've ever been in my life. And God, maybe today you've been tapping on the corner of their heart saying, the greatest act of humility a human being can go through is when they humble themselves before God and ask for forgiveness for their sin. And I would love everyone to have that experience today. So if you're here in that low moment and you need God to be your source of hope, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me right now in your heart. A prayer that would simply say, Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I've taken the low road. God, right now, would you forgive me for everything I've ever done that broke your heart? And God, I thank you that you went to the cross so that you could take my sin on you so that it could be completely forgiven, so you could meet me in this low moment and lift me up. So God, I confess my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that from this day forward, I would live a life that stays low in humility, but also goes high in the purpose that you've called me to. So God, right now, I surrender my life. I give myself fully and completely to you. I ask you to be king, savior, friend. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.